artists, especially those working with lenses, are inextricable from the world. There's this kind of image of Bolivian that, that happens when marginalized people are not really photographed. I'm infatuated with the idea of the encounter. What's kind of wonderful about dodging and burning tools, of course, is that they're meant to be invisible. Enthusiasm, love, a desire to record. You have to have the courage to find the world beautiful. Welcome to the Lightwork Podcast. I'm Shane Lavalette, Director of Lightwork. As an artist-run, nonprofit organization, Lightwork has been supporting emerging and under-recognized artists working in photography since 1973. We host an international residency program, a public access lab facility, and showcase artists' work through exhibitions and publications, including Contact Sheet, one of the longest-running photography journals in the world. Consider supporting the mission of the organization by becoming a subscriber to Contact Sheet today online at lightwork.org. Over the years, Lightwork's multiple galleries have featured over 500 exhibitions. Each year, four exhibitions are installed in our main gallery, the Kathleen O. Ellis Gallery, accompanied by a printed issue of Contact Sheet. In recent years, along with each exhibition, we've asked our exhibiting artists to take a few minutes to discuss their work and some of the ideas that drive their creative practice. You can see the work of these artists in the pages of Contact Sheet or on our website at lightwork.org. Here's Christine Potter discussing the work in the exhibition, The Gray Line. We hope you enjoy listening. I first started thinking about this work in 2004 during the height of the Iraq and Afghanistan wars. I come from a long line of military men, all the way up my family tree starting with the American Revolution. Both sides of my family held high-ranking military officials decorated with heroic accomplishments and that really set a tone in my childhood, both about patriotism and about a very specific kind of masculinity. Now, I grew up with photographs and paintings of colonels and generals in my family's home. I, I know what those formal portraits are supposed to show, rank, valor, and hardened expressions. But I was also familiar with the war photos my father brought home from his tours in Vietnam. Those images showed me an experience in the field that was closer to the humanity I hoped to describe. They showed me youth and fatigue and the in-between moments that shaped the career markers of each medal earned. I wanted these portraits at West Point to acknowledge that, and I wanted them to describe something about the journey from American kid to ranked officer. I realized that my interest in the subject matter wasn't about soldiers broadly, it was about a kind of trained masculinity. That's really what points back to my own experience growing up, but also at a larger interest of mine, which is in the description of American archetypes, in this case, the soldier. The largest issues I think I wanted to explore were notions of vulnerability. Now this is a tricky subject for the military because you're not supposed to be vulnerable. And for all the strategic reasons, I understand and respect that. But these aren't pictures of men in the field. I see them as being in a non-militarized space, so that's really important. Just as the fact that they're not yet commissioned officers, that's also important. They're in between in every way. 
I wanted to look at the extended experience of transforming from civilian to officer, not just basic training and then a plane ride to the desert, but more like the intense formation of young men into officers who are immediately in roles of responsibility in the field. That path between being adolescent and officer, and the weight of knowing that your career path includes potential bodily and psychological risk far outweighing the risk perceived by your average college student. We would talk sometimes, the cadets and I, about how they deal with fear or whether they think about death. We'd talk about the importance of the structure they were learning to uphold. Sometimes I'd see these cadets in these perfectly ironed uniforms with perfectly shined shoes and everything was squared away, except for they looked so young. I could see the men they were destined to become, just as I could see the adolescents that they still held. As the wars lingered on, and after weapons of mass destruction were proven to be a sham, and, and false declarations of completed missions had long since gone, I couldn't help but to think of the human cost of the wars. I didn't set out for this work to be socially active, but these pictures, in a very personal way, became my protest. If you just think of soldiers as these robotic volunteers, then you don't see the enormous risk of sending them away. My pictures became more sensitive, I think. I, I wanted to express their humanity more than their determination. The Gray Line is a reference to West Point's own term for their core of graduates, which they call the Long Gray Line. This is largely due to the gray uniforms they wear. But I thought the Gray Line had a more metaphorical meaning related to my interests. I sought to make work in between the binary structures that often permeate the military. I like nuance, and I like the gray areas between polarized ideas. I believe during those four years, the cadets are really in between civilian life and a life of military service. They hover between being kids and adults. They shift from being one to the core. And I couldn't help but to think about where these cadets could be in five years' time potentially having to quickly judge someone as an insurgent or as an ally when, in reality, the distinction could be very difficult to see. Thanks for tuning in to the Lightwork podcast. Lightwork's community lab facility in Syracuse, New York, provides a space for artists to come together, share ideas, learn about photography, and make new work. If you're an artist, Lightwork Lab can also make exhibition quality prints, scans, or retouch your work for you. Connect with the lab online at lightwork.org lab. If you'd like to support this podcast, consider Lightwork's fine print program. Featuring exclusive signed prints starting at just $300, buying from our online shop is an excellent way to further your personal art collection while supporting Lightwork's mission of offering opportunities to emerging and under-recognized artists working in photography. Browse our selection of limited edition prints, signed books, and contact sheet at lightwork.org shop. If you can't support us financially, consider telling two friends about this podcast.